0: I wanted to uh, just take a few minutes. I mean, we just saw the entire gospel presented to us. Joyce did a wonderful job taking the scriptures and bringing it into a script. And the kids did a great job presenting it to us. And I I, I felt like, honestly, as as I was going through the practices yesterday and again today, that I was like, there's nothing else that needs to be said. But the Lord won't let me get away with that. So... Honestly, I tried. I prayed about it. The Lord is like, no, I have a word that I want these people to hear. So, um, The reason we didn't like this at the beginning was safety, if you can understand and appreciate it. But this is the third Sunday in Advent. Last Sunday, I mean, the first Sunday of Advent was the Hope Sunday. Last Sunday was Peace. And this Sunday, traditionally, is the Sunday of Joy. And for some reason... And no one knows; it's been lost to tradition. Some reason, the color rose or the color pink always represents joy. No one can give a a definitive answer as to why. They just say that's what tradition is, and you can come up with whatever answer you want, and it'll be right, (laughs) because no one knows. But the reality is, this is the day of joy in the Christmas, in the Advent season. And as you read through the scriptures that are specifically for this day in the lectionary, they speak of rejoicing. There's a a chapter out of Zephaniah, Zephaniah chapter 3 verses 14 through 20, I think it is, where the prophet Zephaniah is speaking to the people of of Jerusalem, specifically, of of the nation of Israel, but specifically to the people of Jerusalem. And I don't have time this morning to go into the long history of it, but there was a, a time in their history where a young king named Josiah came into contact with the word of God. Because it had been lost, true tradition, because his grandfather, Manasseh, was an evil, evil king who served the Baals and didn't serve the the Jehovah. Um, And and when Josiah became king, he gave gave money out of his treasury for the rebuilding of the temple, to refurbishing of the temple. And they literally, as they were moving things around and cleaning things up and getting things ready uh, for the reconstruction, lo and behold, they find the Bible tucked away in a corner and, this, and, and the, the high priest reads it and goes, oh my word. And he brings it to the king and he says, you're not going to believe what I found in the church. This is the word of God that's been lost forever. Now if you go back and read through the the the, uh, the, the, the laws of, of Deuteronomy and Leviticus, it says that the king is actually supposed to have his own copy of the law, the Mosaic law, and he's supposed to read it every single day. But because of the... the the hard heartedness of the previous kings they lost it and they literally got stored away in a closet somewhere the word of God got stored away in a closet but when Josiah came in contact with it it pricked his heart and he became uh, he he literally transformed the nation of Israel and literally the, the judgment of God was held off for a period of time because of the heart of Josiah the king and the way that he was honoring God and The the prophet Zephaniah was a contemporary of Josiah. And he prophesied about all of this that was going on. And he prophesied about something called the day of the Lord. And he said, in the day of the Lord, you are to rejoice. Because God is going to bring back healing and restoration and hope. And see, that has translated down through the years to be a word for us about the future. The day of the Lord that's to come. The day of the Lord that we're anticipating. This Advent that we celebrate isn't the coming of Jesus. Jesus has already been born. Jesus has already lived his life. Jesus has already died. He's already resurrected. He's already ascended. He's at the right hand of the Father. But the the next step in this is that he's coming back. And when he comes back, he's coming to bring us. And that should elicit something in you when you think about the reality of what that means for you. And most of us who are Christians should experience joy. So let's look at that. Because I've chewed on this for a couple, three days. What in the world is joy? It's really easy to say, Oh, today's the day of joy. Or joy to the world. Or the, 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 the angel proclaimed joy to all people because I've got tidings of great joy. And, but what really is joy? Think about it. What really is joy? Don't say it out loud. Just think. Can you make yourself Joy right now? Everybody, I want you to joy right now. Joy. Why not? See, joy, first of all, is an emotion. You don't make it happen, it happens. Just like you get angry, you get joy. You can be happy, you can be fearful, you can be joyful. It's an emotion. You can't make emotion happen. You can't. It's a a response to a stimuli. It's how we are wired. It's how God created us. So how in the world can the Bible command that you be joyful? Because if you can't do it in and of yourself, if you can't create it of your own will, How can you be required to be joyful? In Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 it says rejoice always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Those are the words that we find in the word of God. And it says to all of us as Christians we are to rejoice. I can't make myself be joyful. But I'm commanded to do so. And it seems kind of, uh, how in the world? What am I su- This is not fair, God. You're making, you're commanding me to do something and I can't do it. Oh, I forgot to bring out. Actually, I didn't forget to bring out. I intended to bring it out right at this moment. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 24. What does it say? That the, the fruit of the Spirit is Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentle and self-control. Love, joy. See, the fruit of the Spirit of God is joy. It is not the fruit of a good heart. It is not the fruit of a, a disciplined human being. It is the fruit that comes from relationship with God the Father. Through His Spirit that's residing right here with us, joy comes out. I can share with you a simple little story from this week. I have been seeing a physical therapist because I have been having trouble with my sacroiliac joint. Actually, there's two of them. One on either side, right here at the bottom of my spine, and I'm having pain in both of them. And I'm seeing a physical therapist as a result. I went to the physical therapist last Monday and She said to me, I'm really stumped. I have tried absolutely everything that I know to do, and we can't get your joint to properly align and to take away the pain. And so I'm going to tell you, I don't want to see you again until we get you to a pain specialist. So the pain specialist can administer some kind of a steroid to to take away the inflammation of what's going on in this joint so we can get some movement back, so we can get it aligned properly. Okay, so she went to contact my doctor out at Ileson, and my doctor said, well, I have to fax it to us, and they're in the process of doing paperwork, and it could take a week or two weeks for them to get me to a pain specialist so I can get this shot. Now, that's Monday. Tuesday afternoon, I'm at the food bank, And and there's tons of food, and I've got all my stuff. I'm trying to get loaded up in my truck. And this 74-year-old woman comes up and says, Bob, would you be willing to help me get my stuff out to my car? Because this is just too much for me. I'm a good Christian. I will be glad to do this for you. So... I'm going to be a good servant of the Lord Jesus. I said, but before I do that, I'll have to get my stuff loaded in my truck. And she said, okay. So she waited inside. I was freezing. I'm getting my stuff loaded in the truck. It was ridiculously a large amount of food. I had that, that, that night I had almost five or 600 pounds that I was loading into my truck. Finally got it all loaded, and I brought my carts back in, and I t- turned to her and I said, are we ready? She said, sure. And so she's got this cart. It's a big, heavy Plastic cart, PVC cart on these wheels. It's not meant to be in a parking lot filled with snow. Okay, It's supposed to be in a warehouse or on a a big open floor somewhere. And so she's pushing it and I'm pulling it and she's pushing it and I look to see where her car is. She's got her car right here with the trunk lid open and I'm pulling and she's pushing and I'm pulling and all of a sudden both of my feet at the exact same moment get caught underneath the lip of the cart and she's pushing. (laughs) And I went ah! And it was like slow motion for me. Literally. And I turn to my right, trying to catch myself, but her trunk is open. So there's a big hole there. Nothing to catch on to. And so what happens is my hands pull up in the air, my feet caught behind me, slam my rib cage on the open edge of her trunk. Then I fall to the ground and hit and Feel like I've torn the Achilles tendon in my right leg. And I'm laying there. And she's like, are you okay? I'll be fine. Just let me sit here for a minute. (laughs) And I was like, oh, God, help me. (laughs) Because I was in a lot of pain. I thought I broke ribs. I mean, it was that bad. I was like, ah. And I thought I'd popped my Achilles tendon. That's what it truly felt like. I was like, oh, no. And she said, "Okay, you get up. And we're going to walk you back in and sit down. we got to get some quinine water for you. And I'm like, What? But she's into all this herbal, natural, blah, blah, blah stuff. Anyway, so the bottom line is, I'm hurt. Well, I then have to deliver all the food to the food distribution at the community center. And I didn't lift a single thing out of my truck, let everybody else do it. And I went home. I took a shower, and I went to bed. And the next day, I got up, and I couldn't move. And I was like, oh, it hurts. I'm not going anywhere today. I have a doctor's appointment today. Crud. So I had to go to a doctor's appointment. I got out to FMH to the Porter Heart Center because they were doing an echocardiogram because the cardiologist wants to make sure nothing's wrong with my heart, blah, 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 blah. So I'm sitting there, and the guy laying on the table, and the guy goes, I need to have you move over. And I'm like, I can't move. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, I fell, and I hurt my hand. He said, which side? And I told my right side. He said, oh, that's okay. We're pressing on the left side. It's not a problem. (laughs) So he's pushing with this ultrasound machine, and I'm sitting there like, and he said, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have you move a little bit. I was like, oh, yeah! And I finally got where I needed to be. He took the thing, and after it was all said and done, he said, you know, it's none of my business, and I really shouldn't say this, but I'm training to be an EMT, and I really think you should be seen by somebody. This is more than just a little bruise. And I was like, okay. So I called my doctor's office, I'm literally sitting in the, in the waiting room of the FMH emergency room, and I called my doctor's office, and I said, can I get an appointment in the next day or so? And she said, for what? And told her what was going on, and she said, hold on just a second. She put me on hold, come, in, come back a minute or two later, and she says, I just talked with the nurses. You are to go to the emergency room right now. Fine. Well, I'm at FMH, at the emergency room. But if I go there, it's going to cost me 30 bucks copay because my insurance is really good. I only have to pay $30, but it's free if I go to Bassett. I can drive to Bassett. It's not that big of a deal. So first I go to the food bank to drop off the boxes and crates from what's going on. Because I promised the guy I was going to bring it back on Wednesday. And the guy says, what are you doing here? Weren't you hurt yesterday? I said, yeah, I'm going to the emergency room in a few minutes. He goes, why are you bringing these things... If you could unload them, I'll be fine. He's like, okay. And I got, finally, then I went over to the Bassett, got to the emergency room. It's about 2.30 when I walk in, and I tell him what's going on, and the guy said, well, with your condition and with your history about your heart stuff, we're probably going to be bringing you back right away, but if you'll go sit in the waiting room, we'll just see what's going on. I said, okay. Now, 2.30, okay? Six o'clock, I get brought back to the room. I'm sitting there for three and a half hours, and I, you know, I'm like... It's no big deal. These kids are sick. That person's hurt. This woman's 20 weeks pregnant and she's in, in labor right now. I'm just hurt on my chest. It's no big deal. So finally, I get back to the room and the doctor comes in. He says, So talk to me about what's going on. And I said, Blah, 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 blah. I felt hurt myself and I said, dah, dah, dah. He said, Well, can you move? And I said, Well, it's going to be a problem because I've got a problem with my sacroiliac and I've got this chest thing, but I'll do my best. He said, What's going on with your sacroiliac? And I told him and he said, So the physical therapist needs you to see a pain specialist so you can get a shot. Yeah? Well, I happen to be that doctor that does that here at the, at the hospital. You want me to give you a shot? <laughs> yeah? Yeah, i me to go get my stuff. <laughs> he went, he came back, gave me the shot, and I'm good to go. Now, as he left the room to go do what he was going to do, there was this instant of me looking up to the ceiling and going... Because what could have been a week or two was taken care of in two days. It's done in a kind of crazy roundabout way, but I got relief from pain that literally was knocking my legs out from underneath me. I was afraid to carry my grandson up the stairs because of this pain, and God orchestrated it in such a way that because I was such a good boy and wasn't giving him a hard time after three and a half hours of waiting in the emergency room, waiting room, he said, of course, we'll do anything we can for you. And this guy had the knowledge and the skill, and he just happened to be the guy on call that night. Had I gone the night before, he wouldn't have been there. Thank you. Had I been another hour later, he wouldn't have been, because he was getting ready to go off at 7. So the, the, the timing, the positioning, the placement, everything. It was God. And the thing that welled up in my spirit was joy. I experienced joy. I didn't make it up. It happened. And as I was reflecting on that, as I was preparing for this, I was like, God, so you command us to rejoice. It's not something we can create. It's not something we can force ourselves to do. It's a fruit of the Spirit. So, how does this work? Because I have to be able to give the people in the church some kind of a thing to hold on to when they go home. To think about for themselves. I mean, I know it's working for me and how it works. But, God, how does, how does all of this... And what the Lord showed me was... You can only have a fruit of the Spirit if you have the Holy Spirit resident within you. You can only have the Holy Spirit resident within you as if you are in right relationship with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. You can only be in right relationship with God through the blood of Jesus Christ if you repent and confess of your sins. And how does that happen? You hear the gospel and you respond to it and you say, I'm sorry, God, for having offended you and I want to do differently and I change my life. I repent. And so if you are... A person who has sinned but has repented of your sin and have confessed your sin and have asked Jesus to come into your life and you now have the Holy Spirit of God present with you, you can rejoice. And it doesn't make any difference what your circumstances are. One more story and I'm done. The heat in our upstairs of our house is not working right. It's frozen again. I'm frustrated. I am not happy about it. We've gone through two visits with the people. And the only solution at this point is they're saying, rip open the wall that was just remodeled last summer. You're kidding me. What? No. I am no. I am not doing that. Well, this is something else you can try. So that's what we're trying. But at this point, it's not looking good. And it looks like they're going to have to rip open that wall. And I'm like, God. This is ridiculous. We spent almost $5,000 doing this room and making it all nice and now it's going to to be ripped up again. And as I'm reflecting on this last night, the words rejoice. And again I say rejoice. And I'm like, no. I can't. I won't. I'm not going to do it. It's not right. This is wrong. Rejoice! Again, I say to you, rejoice. I can't, in my own spirit, God, rejoice over this. Give thanks in all things, Bob. Rejoice. Paul was in a in a prison. He got beat, and what was he doing? He was singing praises and rejoicing. I was reading somebody this morning trying to get my heart right before this. And it said, it mentioned a person who was martyred. He was burned at the stake for his faith. And it said the last thing that happened in his earthly existence was he was singing the praises of God out loud as the flames were lapping around him. And I thought, and you're worried about the fact that your little wall's going to get messed up. I can rejoice. It's hard because I want to have a pity party and I want to be mad and I want to be frustrated and I want to be upset. But the commandment is that I'm supposed to rejoice. And so I have to rejoice. Not in the situation, but in God, my Savior. I have to rejoice because my sins are forgiven. I have to rejoice because we have an incredible story of love. Who cares? If the walls get messed up again. Who cares if damage happens as they're cutting up the pipes and water goes into the insulation and we have to start again all over that that wall all over again. That's that's minor. My spirit has to be right before God. My heart has to be right before humans. And the other thing is, I didn't share with you, the woman who I was helping Tuesday night She's already told me over and over again, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God, okay? And so, I need to live my life in such a way so that she sees my father through my actions. And if I go there next week and... on the wall, and freeze up and everything in the heat, and we just spent $5,000, what is she going to see? She's going to see a normal human being reacting to normal issues. But if she sees me rejoicing in God, my Savior, and loving on God and praising God, regardless of what's going on around me, experiencing joy amidst the trials of life, she's going to see something different about me, and she's going to recognize that there's something different. She's still going to try to deny that it's a God thing, but that's between her and God. My job, as a Christian, is to live my life in such a way so that the people of this world see my deeds And are somehow pointed to God. And the best way to do that. Is to live a life that is joyful. And I can't make it happen. Because you can't make joy happen. But I can live in such a relationship with God. And be so close to God. And have my life with God the way it's supposed to be. That the fruit of the spirit of joy. Can come out. In the times of adversity and problems and trials. And so what I wanted to leave you guys with this morning was take the time this week to examine your heart, make sure that your relationship with God is right, and then say to Him, help me to exhibit the spiritual fruit of joy this week so that people around me will see you in me. And will be drawn to you, not to me, to you. May my life be such, lived in such a way this week, that the people of this earth are pointed to the Father, and can experience true joy for themselves. Amen. So be it. Let's pray.